0: Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt. And I'm Kimbra. And uh, we're coming to you here in December. That means, you know what that means? It means 2020 is nearly at an end, which has got to be good news, I hope. Hopefully. Hopefully it is.
1: I mean, 2021 can't possibly be...
0: Don't say that out loud, especially in 2020. Okay. How dare... What are you thinking?
1: I, I didn't finish the sentence. Okay. I, it could have been, I could have literally been about to say anything.
0: you That's true, but i you weren't, were you? You'll never know. <laughs> so, yeah, so 2021 is right around the corner. And look, I don't know what 2021 is going to bring. I, I'm not going to say that it can't bring worse than 2020 because that is not a dare. I want to put to the test of the fates. But I will say that there are some signs that look like it's going to be a better year in starting with a vaccine that should be distributed rather soon. And if it works, which it should, then, um, yeah, that is, I think, really, that that is why I, I have tried to avoid all of the speculation about cruising and when it's going to start and what what the regulations are gonna look like. I, I know there's a little bit going on now in other parts of the world that you know there's so much confusion and guessing and stuff. I, I just I just don't want to get a, be a part of it. But now the vaccine may finally get us to a place where we can actually get data that is going to maybe take us to that next step to where we can understand when cruising will return, what it's gonna look like and uh, and when it's going to all kind of come into motion.
1: That would be great.
0: That would be wonderful. That would be truly fantastic. Indeed. <laughs> and we'll be happy, too, because that means that uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about on this podcast.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. It will make this podcast a lot easier.
0: But uh, but I do hope you guys are enjoying the podcast, even in this lull of cruising. We're trying to find topics that we find interesting and um entertaining that that'll keep keep you going keep you going through and we do appreciate all the support we get from our patrons and from our fantastic cruising community and people that have given us reviews especially over on iTunes we're looking for more reviews on iTunes go on over there if you have an Apple account and give us a star review put down a few words let us know how we're doing that is very very much appreciated also you can send questions in to the Gmail. Fantastic cruising at gmail.com right right okay We actually have some we have two from the same person though. we do yes a, a new a newer I think a newer listener, but definitely a newer contributor, uh, Quincy, who is a, a young fellow. can I say fellow without sounding like I'm really old? He's a young fellow.
1: Well, when you say it in that voice, you can't say it and not sound old. Uh,
0: and he has not cruised yet, but uh, I, I guess he has an, an inkling to do it. And so he's been listening to the podcast. We appreciate that and sending us some good questions. And he's got he's got an email, two emails about last week's podcast. So uh, do you want to read the first? you want me to read the first one?
1: I'll read the first one. Okay. Um, Your podcast about the misconceptions of cruising just sounds like an example of modern-day journalism from national media sources. Indeed, it does. (laughs) I was just wondering, what are some pros and cons of traveling alone being a young guy? Are there lots of other solo cruisers in their young 20s, or would it just be an awkward experience?
0: Well, as a young cruiser myself that has cruised many times solo, Oh wait, no, that's I have I've never done that, and I'm not that young, but uh, I don't know. What, what do you What do you think, Kimbra? I, I I've been thinking about this question that he sent in. Um, what, what, so what is your?
1: I don't know of a lot of solo cruisers aside from Mary, Mary Miller, Miller. Um, but I don't know of a lot of solo cruisers.
0: And I, yeah, the, there's some, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Not. The issue with cruising solo, unless you're on like a specific cruise line which has solo rooms. Norwegian? Okay.
0: I think it's Norwegian.
1: Norwegian? I know Bahamas Paradise. Yeah, but and, it's kind of um, a different. Virgin Voyages. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. But unless you're on a ship that has that option for solo cruising, you basically have to. Pay like double
0: Right So close I, to it. I don't
1: know of a lot of solo cruisers I'm sure they're out there But yeah um, As far as Like getting to know people on the cruise um, If you're out there and social And want to get to know people It's possible Absolutely
0: So yeah I I think that the, the problem though That you will run into Quincy Because I think you're in your early 20s Is that Um, Often, folks in their early 20s don't necessarily have the financial ability to cruise, especially solo. However, um, you may find friends that are cruising that are not a couple. Uh, Now, I don't know the demographic of cruising. I feel like the average age, it, it varies from cruise line to cruise line and time of year and all that sort of thing. But I feel like the average age demographic is probably going to be closer to mid 30s. I I believe that is kind of where you're going to kind of hit that that lower graphic. So you so your demographic. So you're not probably going to see a ton of 20 somethings on there. But that being said, uh, there are some cruises that that may be more suited to that. Virgin Voyages is a good example. Virgin Voyages is trying to cater to a younger market. They're looking to kind of tap into that 20-something vibe, I think. And so we don't know what's going to happen because they haven't been able to cruise yet, really, not for real. So we don't know what that's going to actually look like, if that's really the demographic they're going to end up with. But, um, but yeah, so I would say it's probably not your best option, but you will find some people there and if you are in your 20s and you're on a cruise you're probably going to be more socially active or more likely to be socially active and so there's a good chance that a higher percentage of those people especially if they're single would be doing some of those different activities where you could you know meet them yeah does that make sense makes sense to me yeah yeah, uh, there's also times in port. Although you know, obviously, you're not going to be around those people that long, so that may not be the best option. But you never know. Here's here's what I would suggest, though, Quincy is, cruising would be a great thing to do if you can afford to do this in your in your 20s, in your early 20s. Maybe you get into a um, a bit of a relationship with somebody. A, a short cruise would be a great way to spend a little getaway time with them, to get to know them and have a great experience.
1: Yeah, a three- or four-night cruise would be really good for that. Yeah. You're like, instead of, like, a road trip.
0: I wouldn't do it on a blind date, because you never know what you're going <laughs> to no. end up with. But, you know, somebody that maybe you've been seeing on and off or something like that, I think that would be a really good good way to uh, kind of develop and grow that relationship, or see if it's going to develop and grow.
1: Did our relationship develop and grow on our cruise? Sure.
0: Sure. Sure. Of <laughs> Don't turn my positive answer into not a positive answer.
1: I'm just kidding.
0: My man, man, man. All right. And then Quincy sent us another email. Um, I guess he was continuing to listen to the podcast. This one says, hey, Matt and Kimbra, just a point on why the lady sounded ageist. <laughs> this is when we so this is almost uh, a two part question in two different emails But they, they relate to each other I think very well um, If you haven't heard The last podcast We were talking about We're going over this article Of this person who wrote About expectations of cruising And and how cruises fall short On everything um, Quincy says I'm 22 and work with A lot of older people And it is really fun To chill with them and, and all that But I think the reason Why that lady sounded so ageist Was because unless you are in college Or enjoy the clubbing scenes It is really hard to find a fun time with people around our age to socialize and hook up with. I really do enjoy my day to day with the wisdom of the older crowd. Thank you. But, uh, (laughs) but it would be nice to let loose on vacation without disappointing someone that could be your mother. That is why I asked my other question as well, because it would be nice to meet people around my age. So look, I, I totally, I totally, totally get it. Like, cause I am not, and have never been the clubbing type And uh, I went to college But not until Really seriously until later in life And even when I did right out of high school I was just going to community college I wasn't in a dorm It was cha- it was very challenging, very difficult When you get out of high school To to meet people, you lose that social network So um, What I would say is that Well first of all, also let me say We're being a little tongue in cheek about the her being Aegis, but I'm glad that you do appreciate your time with the elders because <laughs> cause some of us are, you know, like uh, my my friend demographic has always been, well, for the last two decades, has been quite a bit younger than myself. Uh, like me? Yes. Which either means that I am really immature yes. or young at heart.
1: Oh, the second one.
0: hmm Yeah. Probably a little of both. But... Uh, <laughs> But so look, so, you know, I mean, you can have fun hanging out with with people that are older, but I, I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. It's valid. And uh, we were just kind of poking fun with that. So, yeah, again, I don't know that cruising. I would love to say that, yeah, you can go on a cruise and you're going to meet that special someone. I don't really think that that happens all that often. It can happen.
1: I mean, unless you're on like a specialty cruise where that's the goal of the cruise.
0: Right. Like a singles cruise. Yeah. Or, or a theme cruise, perhaps, that yeah. maybe is is people of, a, of a, with similar interests to you. I think that might be a way to do that. However, I will say this. Um, the cruising community, which is vast and broad and uh, spans mostly through Facebook, there are a lot of people in the cruising community. And although... The age demographic, again, is probably skewing probably 40s and 50s for the on the average in that demographic. There are definitely some younger folks, and it's nice to have younger people engage with the cruising community. It's good to get a younger generation perspective and just to have that camaraderie. So um, I would encourage you to, you know, engage in the cruising community, and you might meet people. Through that avenue that you might end up Cruising with or that you know might be A good way the problem of course just like Any other online thing Is that there's a good chance they don't live Anywhere near you but, but Hey right now it doesn't matter because we Have to socially distance anyway uh, but, but yeah so that I guess that's the best I could give you I, I wish I could say that yes it's the Way to go to, to meet people But I honestly I, I don't think I think that would be misleading And, and not accurate so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the emails, Quincy. We hope to get more from you, and we hope that you try cruising once cruising comes back. I think you will enjoy it. Um, what else we got? We Before we get into our, our sort of main topic, I guess we can talk about what we did today. It's Saturday. We're recording this Saturday night, last minute, like we always do.
1: I mean, it's <laughs> not. We've done much worse.
0: We have. We we've have. waited until like. It's, it's only six. 22 yeah right
1: now. we've we've waited until Eastern like 1011 p.m before to record
0: not that often
1: but not we've done often. it
0: <laughs> We have because look because unfortunately we we don't we don't have the mindset to record the podcast until the weekend which starts on Friday and we often are really busy for example um, I was busy playing my new video game Cyberpunk 2077 last night and uh, I'd been waiting for that game for for months maybe over a year. So, I just wanted to play so and and then uh, last the weekend before that we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Boy, we really are we're cool, cool, aren't we um, <laughs> and uh and today today, we were out doing stuff. What did we do today? We were enjoying our Christmas gifts, yes, which are kayaks kayaks we went we took our kayaks out it was. It was not, we thought it was the first time we kayaked together and then we realized that wasn't actually true because we did a kayak escapade at work one time.
1: Escapade? I don't know. team building?
0: Yes, it was a team building thing. We weren't in the same kayak, but. And we didn't really, like it was
1: soon after I started, like I was still kind of new. We didn't really talk.
0: No, I didn't really but, we didn't really socialize then. Yeah.
1: But technically it was together.
0: We it was. Technically it was. Yes. So, but so today was really the first time we kayaked together. Now we we got individual we have individual kayaks, so we took them over to a park called Lithia Springs, which if you've watched the Fantastic Studios, we have a video of Lithia Springs from last year. Unfortunately, the swimming in Lithia Springs has been closed, and I asked them today when they're going to open. And I got the uh, probably before summer of 2021. Thanks. That's helpful. Anyway, uh, the kayaking is not closed. So we basically put in there Lithia Springs Park, which is on the Alifaya River. And we because we were leaving and getting out at the same place, we were starting and getting out at the same place. We kayaked upriver and then came back downriver.
1: Which is the right way to do it.
0: Yes. Because you don't want to kayak downriver and then have to kayak back upriver for multiple reasons, especially on the. Now, I have done that on slower rivers like I've done that on Hillsborough, but I still don't recommend it. You're still better off going upstream and then downstream. So this would have been a terrible idea. We kayak for what? We paddled upstream for what? For an hour. One hour. Um, I don't know how far uh- we went. Exactly.
1: Intense paddling.
0: Yeah. So there was, a, it was for Florida, it was a fairly strong current. Like you couldn't stop paddling at all because if, as soon as you stop paddling, your kayak would start drifting back downriver. And then it took a lot more momentum to get the kayak moving again to get going the right direction. And then if you were in a spot where there were logs and stuff where the rapids were like the current was picking up. You you really couldn't stop there. I made the mistake of stopping paddling at one point, and then trying to to regain my momentum in that current was uh, a lot of work. So
1: I got turned around a couple times.
0: Yeah, but all in all, it was good. We we went up about an hour.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We saw turtles.
1: We saw turtles. We
0: had a great blue heron that we were annoying. Kept f- flying further up oh. the uh, the water. Kimber's ringing.
1: Yes, we need to pause this. I need All to, I'm answer going to this.
0: pause it. Okay, we're back. Wait, look, I'm just going to leave that in there because that's how professional we are. <laughs> that was Sorry. that was basically your uh, your employee. It was, yeah. That, who is at John's Pass, which is a great place to visit if you're in the St. Pete area, and uh, asking if we wanted anything from the Tea and Spice Shop, which was very nice. Yeah, and we can yeah we, we, let's get we can get into that too in a second because we we've got some news in that realm as well, but. Um, I know. You're like, what? In tea and spice? Yes, we're pirates. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But uh, anyway, yeah, so we saw birds. We saw turtles. We paddled upriver. It was quite a paddle to get upriver. And then we cruised back down.
1: We sat for about 10 minutes. We found a branch to hold on to.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Didn't see any alligators, but uh, saw a woodpecker. We, I think we were talking about the bird when we got the phone call, the The great blue heron. Yeah. yeah the woodpecker. And I saw some
1: sort of hawk, and I saw an anhinga.
0: There you go. So it wasn't terrible. And, it and that got little bitty turtle.
1: Water. You remember that little bitty oh, turtle? Oh, yeah, it was a little baby. It was funny. Matt was like, man, I thought we'd at least see some turtles. And I turned my head, and there was a little bitty turtle on the branch. And then,
0: and then like less than a minute later, there were three, two or three big turtles on a log. And then we saw – we didn't see a ton of turtles, but we saw – probably six turtles maybe. Yeah, but it was like really
1: that. funny because we'd seen nothing except that that great blue heron. And then you said that and then suddenly there were turtles.
0: This, this great blue heron just kept flying like 50 yards up the river the way we were going. And then we'd get up there and then he would like fly 50 more yards up the river. Finally, he figured it out or I guess... Well, I think just, it
1: was once we got to like the houses and stuff, he oh, kind of he, went away. Yeah,
0: then he went back the other way. But then we saw him again when we were coming back. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you guys again. Thought we got rid of you.
1: Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> he was like leading the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the kayaks, it gave us a chance to really, you know, get them on the water, test them out. And because um, we, you know, they're they're from dicks. They're not like super. You could spend a lot of money on kayaks. You could spend a lot of money on <laughs> a kayaks. A lot of money. Uh, we did not do that. We spent a moderate amount. We got a good deal on these kayaks. And uh, we did a lot of research, and I and I feel really uh, happy with our purchases because I thought that they, it they performed really really well. Uh, going upriver was one of the harder paddles I've ever done, honestly, and uh, I think it handled it really well. And it was and they're a little bit smaller, they're a little bit shorter than some of the other kayaks I've been in, which is actually was a good thing I think for navigating through the the logs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, pretty happy with our with our purchase. And the chairs, we've got chairs. It's almost like a little folding chair. It's like a beach chair on the kayak. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. So way more comfortable. Oh my gosh, comfortable. than any kayak seat I've ever sat in before. Like many times more comfortable. So that was our day today. I got stuck on a log. You did. You got stuck on a log. I got stuck on a log too.
1: You're right. You did get stuck yeah. in a log. Yeah, we both
0: got stuck on logs. Yeah, that was fun. The problem with the kayak <laughs> is is your if there's a current, is you get you know there's a log underwater you don't see it, and then you kind of run up on it. The current's pushing you, kind of wedging you back onto it. So you have to like navigate it to try and like push yourself off without <laughs> tipping yourself over. And we both did that successfully, and neither one of us panicked, so that was good. Yeah. It's good practice because a lot of the places we're going to kayak will have big alligators, so.
1: I'm not right.
0: ready for that. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll what be if
1: fine. I run into an alligator?
0: They move. They're not like the logs. Okay. <laughs> now, the fact that uh, that she called you and asked you about getting tea and spices, but tea specifically is pretty good, too, because we've been drinking a lot of tea lately. We went to yeah. our, a tea place here in... Uh, well, actually, we went to it over in... Uh, St. Pete. St. Pete, but then they have an... an they have one over here kind of by the aquarium, close, sort of close to the aquarium. We haven't been to that one yet, but we got some tea. We've been drinking some loose-leaf tea. It's part of our diet instead of drinking, you know, things that are bad for you. Um, we've been trying to change it up and drink some tea. You guys like tea out there? Uh, let us know, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. What's your favorite tea? Do you like it hot? Do you like it cold? Do you add honey? Do you add sugar? Do you just drink it plain? Do you add milk? What do, what do you do with your if tea? If you
1: know a good place to order tea from... Because we ordered some samples of tea from a place. It wasn't it, wasn't great. It wasn't great. No. Um, so if right. you know a good place to order teas as well.
0: Yep. I got some Lapsang Souchong tea, which is like a smoky tea.
1: And then you got the s'mores one. Yes.
0: And then the place we went to had, had like campfire s'mores. So it's like Lapsang Souchong With like some other stuff in it Marshmallows, little bitty marshmallows and other stuff So still, but it's still really low calorie Probably almost zero calorie And, uh, but it's got that smoky flavor Oh, so good It's very (laughs) good Yes Yeah So so anyway, that's that's what we've been doing That's our life right now And uh, and then for this episode So we're going to get into our main topic here And uh, since last week we kind of covered that article, where the where the lady was going off about misconceptions, quote unquote misconceptions. Basically, it was very, I think, intentionally kind of angsty article about cruising, which we I think exposed pretty successfully last week <laughs> as as the fraud that it was. But um, but anyway, we thought for for this week, it made me think about you know like. Um, what were the things that surprised us with cruising like in a good way or in a not so good way. And, and actually even before we get into that, another little subtopic that I've been tossing around in my head and it just popped back in there is, is this something I've been thinking about lately because cruising isn't happening and, you know, people have been doing all inclusives and we've been looking at other, you know, alternatives and things like that. Um, one of the big barriers, to say going to a Caribbean island for a for a week or something like that is is money It's more expensive it's a, it's a lot more expensive typically to go to some of these Caribbean islands Than it would be to go there on a cruise You know, there's some all-inclusives and some good deals It's also easier It's also a lot easier, especially if you live in Florida So it got me thinking uh, about cruising And if money was not a barrier for me. If money was not, if I had all the money I needed and and never had to worry about paying for anything, would I still cruise? Or like, do I cruise because it's the only thing I can afford to do to get to the destinations I want to go to? Or do I cruise because I actually really love cruising? Would I still cruise? I mean, obviously, you could spend a lot of money cruising if you do suites and all. But I don't really care about that stuff. That's not, to me, why I cruise. So that was a question I asked myself.
1: You asked me that, too.
0: I did ask you that. Do you do you have you thought about it? Do you have an answer for that? What are your, what are well, your I thoughts? I answered
1: you when you asked me. I know, but not on the
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a tap into our brains when the wire tap in the car when we're driving to work or something.
1: Yes, I have thought about that, and I do have an answer.
0: Okay, let's hear it.
1: Yes, I would still cruise. Would you? Yes, because I, I like cruising. Like, the convenience of the cost is nice, but I genuinely like cruising. I like being on the water. Okay. So, right. yes, I yeah. would still cruise.
0: You would still cruise. So, you, there's enough that appeals to you about the cruise itself that you would still prefer that as a vacation. Uh, type. Yes. Okay. Okay. What about you? So I thought about this too. And, and I, and I thought about it pretty hard because, um, man, I mean, there are, there are a lot of things that I would like to do that are not cruising, but are too expensive. And, and I think that the answer I came up with is, um, yes, I absolutely would definitely cruise still. I think that I would probably mix in other vacation types as well, but I wouldn't give up the cruise Like if, if let's say that money wasn't a factor But I only had, maybe I could do three vacations in a year Because obviously I have lots of money So I could do, but that's it I have three vacation times in a year I think I would still dedicate at least one Or maybe two of those to cruising And then I would spend the other one doing something different probably just going to an island and staying there for a week to scuba dive or you know going to like uh, obviously going to like Australia um Europe South America some of these places I'd like to visit but really if money wasn't an o- wasn't an object for me if I could go to I would go to Australia I would not just cruise, but I would cruise as part of my vacation. Like I would cruise to get to see different places and then I would do like land vacation as well. I think that's what I would do.
1: That was much more in depth than what I said. I didn't know you were going that in depth.
0: I mean, I'm a thinker. That's what I do. I, I like know. to think about things and overanalyze them to death.
1: I agree with what you said though.
0: That I like to think about no. things and overanalyze. Oh
1: about cruising like <laughs> if money wasn't an object then i would definitely mix in other vacations but cruising would still be one of them
0: okay okay that's fair all right so on to today's actual topic which is basically what surprised us about cruising so let's let's think about this from the from the start so the the first thing that happens when you're going to go on a cruise is you have to book that cruise so when I did that, uh, we went on to the internet and we booked it through the website. Um, I, had no, I had no real expectations on what that would be like, but I was a little bit concerned about the whole passport issue. Um, what about you? Did you have any, any concerns or, or preconceived notions of what the, the booking a cruise would be like?
1: Um, I thought it was going to be crazy expensive. So I, my first cruise, my first few cruises was with a friend who had cruised before with her family many years ago. And she had been trying to get me to go on cruises or vacations or something for lots of years. And I just kept saying, no, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. Can't do that. She finally, once I moved down here, she convinced me to do a cruise and we started looking and I was like, Wow.
0: I, I will say that I did have that I did have that misunderstanding and expectation that cruising was real expensive, but when it was presented to me as an actual option of something that would happen, um, the price was revealed to me as not being that expensive. but but before I actually before I had looked into it, um, I would have assumed that it was expensive. So I kind of had that too, I guess. But yeah, it was. It's way cheaper than I thought, and and I guess knowing what. It, so one of one of the things, one of my expectations of that cruise was that, and I was really f- afraid of this, is that we were going to be secretly nickel and dimed to death. Yeah. Like I thought, yeah, it says it costs this much, but what is it really going to cost? I thought there were going to be lots of hidden charges. I thought you were going to have to pay to play. I thought all. I thought that was going to be the the thing. Like I'm like, this is not really what it's costing. This, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. That is a an expression that I live my life by, and it sounded too good to be true, but it wasn't. Cruising does have some things that could be considered hidden fees, like uh, tipping, taxes, port fees, but. If you know anything about cruising, if you do a little bit of research into cruising, all of that, all of that cost, um, you know it's there and you can find out what it's going to be very, very easily. And so it's not a surprise when you're on the cruise. And even adding all that stuff in, the cruise is still a super affordable type of holiday.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's That goes into kind of what I was saying with the the cost is... You know, like I said, she had cruised once before with her family, and I'm like, "This is really the cost." And she's like, "Yeah, that's it." And I'm like, "But, but there's food, and there's this. There's no way all of this stuff is just <laughs> included." And she's like, "Yeah, it is." And then we, of course, got on the ship, and I'm like, "This stuff is all included."
0: <laughs> right. I know it's crazy, and honestly, the the reason I think the reason that I started watching YouTube videos. On cruising, which is how I got introduced to the cruising community Which was really, I feel like, kind of in its infancy back then I mean, it it was around, but I feel like it's grown exponentially since this was like around 2011, 2012 uh, time frame The reason I watched YouTube videos Was because I wanted to see what the real deal was I was looking for that gotcha, that aha And uh, everything seemed on the up and up like Sea Cruisers. It's one of the few things around back then with Sea Cruisers. I think Para DJ was around. Um Mr. Traveler was on. Um Sherry, I think Sherry was probably around Cruise Tips TV at that point, but uh her videos didn't pop up in my feed for a while. Um uh, so so those are the ones I was watching to try and find out, you know, what the deal was. And the deal was it was up and up. So pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah. The passport thing, like you said, um, I didn't have a passport. So yeah, my first couple of cruises, well, at least my first cruise, I was super concerned about my birth certificate, like not being good enough. Right. I mean, it was my birth certificate, like it's not like a fake, but I was still I still had that concern that I'm like, I'm going to get there and they're not going to let me go. And I've spent all this money for this cruise. Yep. The advantage was it was out of Tampa. So I didn't, you know, I live in Tampa. <laughs> so I had that going for me. But now I have a passport, not because I'm concerned about my birth certificate, but because it's just easier.
0: And safer. Yeah. I think it's it's a lot safer. And, and, and yeah, look, I, I had the same thing. Um, and, and I've been rejected at the DMV enough times to be wary of that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, this is not the right birth certificate it doesn't have the raised seal and like i'm not i don't raise seals i raise reptiles but anyway so so yeah so that was booking the cruise okay so then um then let's see what's the next step would be to uh like like check in and getting on the ship yeah like that first day first day did you have any expectations of what it was going to be like that first day getting on to the cruise ship
1: um i thought it was going to be a lot like the airport
0: as far as what? What aspect of the airport?
1: Like, you've got to go in and check in, and, like, it's all complicated. you got to have all this paperwork, and it's got to be... Why'd you have to go and make cruising so complicated? Um, and then you've got to go through all of these super intense security checkpoints, and you've got to haul your luggage around, and you've got to sit around and wait for hours, and... Then you got to get in this line and get checked in again, and you do have to do some of that stuff. But I haven't experienced it; like it's not crazy; like it's it's easy. You just do it.
0: Yeah, I think I had some anxiety because I I'm not a fan of going through security checkpoints, and uh, and I, and you know it was when I cruised, it was it had been a decade since nine eleven, but still. You know, going through the airport security is like such a nerve-wracking thing. And sometimes... And they walk around with dogs. And sometimes those people aren't super friendly, which I get it. I, I mean, I get that they, you know, they have to be serious about their job. And sometimes they are friendly. So I'm not, you know, if you are one of those people and you are friendly, I'm not talking about you. But, uh, but I found that in the cruise terminal, the security, you do put your stuff through a metal detector. You do walk through a metal detector. But it's way more kind of relaxed and the people are tend to be pretty friendly. The people that are telling you where to go tend to be like, you know, Hey, you're going on vacation. You know, it's, it's just a happier experience. They know there's, that's not to say there's not a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress people. And sometimes there's some tension and stuff like that, but it wasn't bad. It's it's definitely an easier experience than going through airport security generally speaking, which even that has gotten pretty streamlined now. It's not that big of a deal. I remember right after 9/11 when it was like you know, an hour just to get through the security line. And now it's not too much of a of a hassle, I don't think in most cases. I have been on cruises where the the whole embarkation before you can get on the ship like there's was either the the other Ship couldn't get off because of Coast Guard inspections Or because of some other situation And then everything gets backed up And then, you know, there's confusion and stuff I have been in situations like that Where I kind of was grumpy about it and, and wasn't very happy about it But if I look back on those situations I was still on the ship By like 1 o'clock in the afternoon So <laughs> I can't really complain too much about that uh, You know, I'd like to be on the ship more like around eleven or earlier, if that's a possibility. But that's not a that's not a huge deal. What's two hours of your vacation time, really? So
1: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up just a little bit. Um,
0: Do you need that sound?
1: Beep beep beep. Thank you. <laughs> so one of the things that really surprised me or was very interesting to me is the way that you pass off your luggage or check your luggage for it to be delivered to you. Oh yeah with
0: a porter. Yeah. Yeah. You just
1: walk up and there's people there with carts and they're like, Give me your bag and it's like, okay. And then you go. Like, that's just going back to the airport thing, you always have to go up to the counter and they have to put the tag on and they have to weigh it and then they have to all do the things and the stuff. And it's not like that with cruising. You just you like get out of your car and walk up and it's like, I'll take your bag. Bye. Like there's nothing more
0: to it. Right. It's pretty easy. I think I would have been more apprehensive about that if I travel like I do now with all the camera gear and all that stuff. But back then I didn't really have a lot of technology with me, so I wasn't too worried about it. But yeah, that I I get what you're saying. That was That is not an experience that I had had really in any other... Thing that I had done because at the airport, like you said, you got to go up to the. Usually, you have to go up to the desk and and all that sort of thing. So yeah, cool. All right, so we're um, we're on the ship now. Um, what were your expectations about what it was going to be like on a cruise ship, and did, did it meet or not meet those expectations?
1: Um, it was it was a lot different than I thought. I had no idea that cruise ships looked so extravagant on the inside. And no idea. Like I'm sure I saw pictures, but I was like, whatever.
0: What did you think it was going to look like?
1: I I don't know. Okay. But I didn't think like my my first cruise like a Motel 8. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't I just didn't realize that it was like my first cruise, I walked into the atrium and it's just like all of this Fancy decor and it goes up many, many floors and it just was not what I expected to see on a boat.
0: You felt fancy, didn't you? I
1: felt fancy.
0: You, she likes to feel fancy. She's got even though she's one of the least fancy people I know. She likes. She has this weird. I'm like, one of the least fancy people you know. You're not. I mean, you you don't wear makeup. Because I'm not like you're my not mom doing your hair. You're not like you don't wear a bunch of jewelry. Like you're. In, in many ways, you are not fancy at all. But in other ways, you're like, I like fancy. And I'm like, do you know what fancy is? Because... My mom's fancy. Your mom's a little fancy, but your mom's still down to earth for the most part. Yeah,
1: I didn't say that. I said she was fancy. Okay. All right.
0: Maybe we have different definitions of fancy. Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I for me, it was hard because I did watch a bunch of YouTube videos, so I kind of... Had seen what the inside of a cruise ship looked like And I don't remember if when watching those YouTube videos I was surprised by that or or what, how I felt about that uh, I think I was a little bit surprised at how big it was And I think I was also pleasantly surprised That it still felt like I was on a ship Like I I think that I, w- I was thinking that it was going to feel like A hotel from watching the YouTube videos like it was gonna feel like a hotel, and it wasn't even really gonna feel like you were on a ship at all. And and there are areas on cruise ships that are like that, but there are other areas where you are reminded, you know, you got to step up to go outside. You you know you've you've got to do the muster drill. Um, you see the the water moving, or the you know there are things. The doors that, are
1: really heavy to yeah, open.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are things that that say you are on a ship, and for me that was really cool because that was. You know, I thought it was neat to be out on a ship in the open ocean or whatever. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So, you're on the ship now. We get on the ship. We're, you know, we're like, okay, this is what it's like, blah, 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 blah. And then, um, and then we go through the, the muster. and Now, when I did muster, I think that was when I first did it was before the Concordia thing. So, I think muster deal took place after we had already sailed, done our sail away and stuff. Because after the Concordia sank... Is when they changed that, and you had, yeah. you had to do the muster before you leave. Anyway, I don't, I don't remember being that surprised by that. I've been on a lot of boats in my life, and you know, you usually go through a safety drill, so it wasn't really a big surprise to me that that would happen. I guess the next thing would be the cruise cabin. So you go to the cruise cabin, and um, is the cabin was it was it so small? You were like, oh my god, I can't believe how small this is. Where you're like, well, wow, this is really. Big, I mean, what, what were your thoughts when you saw the cruise cabin for the first time?
1: So, my first cruise was in an interior room. Okay, so, mine was too. Um, we walked in and it was small. I definitely did not know that it was that small, but it was fine. So, you
0: were surprised at the size? I
1: was, yeah, because my vacations in the past have always been on, like, in hotels. Right. And hotels, they're not always huge, but they're spacious ish they're a lot
0: bigger than your yeah you've got some space yeah
1: um so it was small but it wasn't too small so it was fine
0: i think my impression was uh my first thought i think was one of those times when i was like oh i'm on a ship and yeah if i go camping I don't want to stay at an air-conditioned hotel. I want to stay in a tent. It's not where I want to live my life, but it's part of the experience. And I think the cruise cabin, to me, is part of the experience. I'm not saying that I would say no to a suite, but I don't know that if I went in a suite, especially one of those big grand suites, I don't know that it would feel the same, which is not saying it's a bad thing, but I kind of I kind of dig that. You're, oh, hey, you're on a ship. I like the window rooms better or the or the balcony rooms better because then you really feel like you're on a ship. The other thought that I had when I went in there is there was this game, this video game, that it was a PC game that uh, Douglas Adams did, I think with was somebody else called Starship Titanic. And it was kind of like, if you guys remember the game Myst, if you play video games, where it was sort of a puzzle thing where you don't have like a character that's moving around necessarily. I mean, you kind of do with a camera, you're moving But uh, it's not like a Donkey Kong or Mario Brothers or something. You're just solving puzzles. Well, that's kind of what this was. But it was Douglas Adams, so it was really funny and clever. And the room on Starship Titanic, which was essentially a cruise ship in space, it was this tiny little room. And I didn't get this reference when I played the game because I had never cruised. But it was like your bathroom, your bed, your sink, everything in this room were like in drawers. And you would press a button and the stuff would come out So you could access the different parts of the room It was like it was like an Ikea heaven, basically So that was my second thought Was like, oh, this is like Starship Titanic I get it now So that was my impression of the room And then in comes the room steward Now this is not something I'm used to This person coming in Who seems to be treating me like I'm royalty Which was a little awkward to me at first And then... You know, I look, at a hotel, you have somebody come in and clean your room, maybe.
1: Yeah, but you don't interact with them. No,
0: you don't interact with them. They don't introduce themselves and give yeah. you a card and, and, you know, and then make you towel animals and all these sorts of things. Like, it, that was like, I had no idea it was going to be like that. And And if you would have asked me ahead of time... Hey, this is what's going to happen. Are you good with that? I probably would have been like, I don't really like that. That makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, like
1: no, they should just leave yeah. us alone. Yeah,
0: just stay out of my room. Uh, it'll be fine. But now, having experienced it, it's great, and I love meeting my room steward. I love it when I have a friendly room steward that I can talk to and get to know a little bit and learn a little bit about them and where they're from. It it just it makes my cruise experience better. So that was a that was one of those pleasant surprises that i was anticipating maybe if anything it to be negative it turned out to be really positive
1: yeah i i agree with that and kind of an overall encompassing the staff like i love that they get to know your name and if you see them on other parts of the ship they always say hey so and so right what did you do today how are you what are you heading off to do? Like, they want to talk to you. They want to get to know you. At least they act like they do if they don't. But they <laughs> they make you feel like you're an important person.
0: So so speaking of that, let's just transition right into dinner. Because, I mean, we, we kind of skipped over lunch, which is at the buffet. But we'll we'll come back to that. Let's go to dinner, though. Because this is another place where if you would have explained to me what it was like... I probably would have been like, I don't like, I'm not a person that likes to feel like they're superior to other people. I don't like to feel like people are, are under me. I like to be on even terms with people. And, and, and so I, the describing what that is like a cruise dinner is like, and describing what the room steward is like would have made me a little uncomfortable, but experiencing that, um, Oop, there's sirens there experiencing that I didn't feel uncomfortable at all because they were so friendly, and I felt like I got to really know them and i don't I don't know if they were putting on that escapade to to get a tip. I mean, we prepaid tips, so i I don't know but um but it feels really neat and it's it's nice to interact with people that are not americans and and you know kind of get out of our bubble that we're the only country in the world that exists. It's just kind of a neat experience to do that. And so so that was kind of something I thought I wouldn't like, but I liked. And the food was outstanding. I didn't know if I'd care about the food. The food was great.
1: Yes, the food was really good. And it still shocks me that you can just order whatever you want as much right. as you want. like and as many things as you want. Like, it surprised me. The first time, and it surprises me still. Like, it's just weird.
0: Do you do that? I, I have a hard time doing that. Like, I will sometimes order a couple of appetizers, but I've, I don't know that I've ever ordered two entrees. Now, I'm not judging you if you do that. In fact, uh, kudos to you if you do that. But for me, there's something inside of my brain that says that that's wrong. Don't be a pig. And, and I'm not saying you are if you do that because it's not big portions. But I feel like... I'm being greedy or something. I don't know. Like I feel like I'm cheating them. I I don't know what it is. Um, I can't really do that. So I have ordered, like I said, two appetizers. I've ordered maybe two desserts before, but I think it's cool that you can do that. And if you are, and if you don't have these hang-ups that I have, then I think that that I envy you for that. I envy you for that, and you should keep doing it. Yeah, me. <laughs> as long me, as you're eating it, don't just waste it though. That that I would have a problem with.
1: Yeah, me too. Though I. Sometimes I see a couple of different things and I'm like, "Ooh, this looks good and this looks good." But I can't order like like you said, I feel like I'm like cheating them out or something because I'm ordering two entrees. Right. I know that I can order two entrees, but I cannot order two entrees. An
0: interesting bit of psychology happening there. Now, if now if you and I ordered entrees and then we split a third entree, I could probably get my conscience to go with that. Yeah, I would be okay with that. That's how I usually get through the appetizers. I'm like, Well, I'm gonna get this appetizer and then you wanna split this appetizer? Okay, let's get that appetizer. Especially sure. I
1: mean, especially if the appetizer's like the cheese plate. Like right. that those
0: those are often really, really small. Too. Yeah.
1: On so. top of the the cheese and bread we've already
0: eaten at yes. the buffet. Yes. Let's let's go to the buffet now. Did you have anything else to say about dinner?
1: No, okay. I think we covered it.
0: Let's go to the buffet because, um I you know, i'm I'm like, whatever buffets, I they're they're fine. I don't have anything against them. I don't I'm not like a huge fan of buffets, but the buffets on the cruise ship are I feel like they are a notch above your average multi food buffet. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised. Not only was I pleasantly surprised by the fact that, they had a lot of different food there. That then and the food was the quality was pretty good. I was really delighted because the first one I did was a Royal Caribbean ship to see that they had Indian food, and I was like, "You mean?" Because when I go to an Indian restaurant, it's like a special occasion. Because Indian restaurants in Florida are not inexpensive restaurants to go to. So when I get to go to my favorite v- venue of food, uh, t- style of food. It's usually rare, so maybe a few times a year. So seeing that I would have access to Indian food made me super happy. And then um and then I ate a lot of food. What what were your thoughts of the buffet?
1: Um, I mean it was a buffet, but I do agree that it's usually when I go to a buffet, I'm I actually besides cruising, I haven't been to a buffet in a very very long time because they just kind of gross me out.
0: <laughs> There's um, the fancy.
1: <laughs> well, so let me go back to way back when. Um, There's a place in Terre Haute called Pizza Inn that was a. Pi- I used to work at a pizza inn. Okay. There's a pizza buffet, but of course they also had a salad bar. Mm-hmm. And after the pizza, one of my favorite things to get was the chocolate pudding that was off of the salad bar. One time, my mother saw children go up to the salad bar, grab the spoon out of the pudding, lick it, and put it back. <laughs> so that is what I think of buffets.
0: I mean, that could happen. That could I happen. I know. But it could happen with a chef in the back, and you never know it, too.
1: Yes, I know.
0: But I, I we saw that one happen. It's less likely to happen. I don't think it happens often. And I think it's probably less likely to happen on a cruise, especially it will be now, uh, than it would be on a, another type of buffet because I feel like there are usually people watching. Well, that's closely. what I was going to say. No. You, you I took cut took the words in. right yeah. out of your mouth. So
1: the thing about the buffet on the cruise is there's always people right behind the counter. You're not going to have somebody licking the spoon and putting it back.
0: I mean some I have been on buffets where where there's not, but usually they're around.
1: They are usually yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's less likely and there's to happen.
1: Tons of options. Like you have the American stuff and you have the other stuff and you have the <laughs> specialty stuff and you have the all the stuff. And like, pizza. And pizza. Oh
0: the pizza. Like twenty most ships have twenty four hour pizza. So that's yeah, so so here's one thing that was kind of a negative for me. Well, I did it to myself. Uh, I went on my first cruise and probably my second, I think maybe my third cruise, I had learned my lesson. uh, Because there was so much food, um, I overate bad to where I gave myself stomach aches. And I really focused way too much energy on food. Uh, I don't do that anymore. Uh, one, because I know better, but two, because I I know it's it's gonna be there. Like Matt, it's gonna be there. You don't have to eat everything on the buffet now. It's gonna be there tomorrow. You can get it later on, and so I pace myself, and um, and that makes it a little easier. But one of the one of the things that I think people have a a conception of cruising is that that it's all about food, and that, that there's way too much food, and that. People eat too much, and that does happen. But I think it's something that happens more to people on their first cruise or so until they kind of learn. Unless they, uh, unless they listen to a podcast like this and they hopefully learn from our mistakes or my mistakes. I don't know. Did you overeat on your first cruise? No. 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 Really? Mm-mm.
1: Well, because one, the now if feel you gluttonous. if you go to the MDR, <laughs> the portions are small, and are. I'm used to eating. Very large portions because that's what I do. Um, So I didn't have that issue at the MDR. And because buffets are buffets to me, I'm always Mm. one to just get little bits of things because I'm not sure if I'm going to like it. That's part of being the picky eater thing. So I don't go overboard. I'm like, I'll get a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this. And if I like something, I might go get a little bit more. But I never had the issue of overeating because I am so picky.
0: See, I ate a mu- I ate enough on my first cruise to make a hobbit proud. Like, I was like, got on the ship, ate at the buffet – Oh, there's pizza. Let's go get some pizza. Hey, there's ice cream. Let's get a little ice cream. You know what? The pizza's still open. Let's get some more pizza. All right, now it's dinner time. Hey, you want to go get some food before dinner? All right, let's go do that. And then after dinner's over, hey, we're still up and the, the dining room's open. Let's get another little bit of snack from the from the buffet. And then, uh, and then oh, wait, we can still get ice cream and pizza. So uh, I ate a lot of meals on my first cruise, which was only a three-night cruise. A lot of meals.
1: You're making me really hungry right now. I know now. we haven't
0: eaten dinner yet, so that's probably all right. Let's move off of food then. Let's move away from food. Um, let's say okay. So now, um, let's go to, let's go to, um, let's go to entertainment. You want to go to bars or entertainment? Um, Did you have expectations about bars and and? Either one of us are casino no, people, not, so I, I don't know that we care about that, but
1: not really. I mean there's bars everywhere and I guess the the people just walking around saying hey do you want a drink like that was one of the first things we got on our cruise we got on the ship and we went and sat down at a table because I needed to make all of my my family phone calls before shutting because I didn't do internet um before shutting down for a week um so we sat down at a table and somebody walked by and was like do you want this drink and I was like yes I do here's my card and then that's the other thing is the way that you pay for things.
0: Yeah, the ship card. When you said that, it just yeah gave it in my head too. Um, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I I love that you just carry around that card and that's your key and that's your money and that's everything. I'm jumping all around.
0: Jump around, jump around. So so you got so you like the the drinks. You like I I thought the drinks were going to be crazy stupid expensive because that's how they are to me at most bars, and I found that they were. About on par with most land bars that I go to. Yeah. (laughs) I I see, you know, fancy drinks or whatever. They're about the same as that. They're not crazy expensive.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I thought they were going to be crazy. And and he came by and he was like, well, my first drink, I was like, I don't even care. It's my first drink on a cruise. I'm just going to get it. But then when I saw that it was like $9, I was like, oh, it's only $9. So then I drank more of them. Wow.
0: Money bags. Okay. All right. Uh, Yeah and and, well and another misconception I had and this almost I I, when I first got on the ship I think I might have mentioned this last week went to the sail away party which is something I usually avoid now honestly but um, I had this this idea that cruises were going to be like like a spring break movie from the 80s you know And, and, and I didn't want anything to do with that and so go to the sail away party and it looked like a spring break movie from the 80s like super crowded deck, lots of people drinking buckets of beer. And I'm just like, this is going to be a nightmare. I'm going to hate this. But it wasn't like that after that, like everything was fine after that. And so um, that was a misconception I had was that I thought there was going to be a lot more of that drunken craziness. And I was delightfully, (laughs) or delightfully, I was wrong about that. So.
1: Yeah, I was I was surprised at the amount and types of entertainment that is available.
0: We're moving to entertainment now.
1: I guess. Okay, all right, that's fine. I mean, fine. you kind of moved on to entertainment.
0: Okay, I I I, had, I was still in bars, oh. but but I'm done with bars. So if you're ready for entertainment, we can go to entertainment. Can we go to entertainment? Let's go. Right? Let's go.
1: Okay, so I was surprised. <laughs> um, I had no idea that you could like just go do trivia and there's you know, parties on the deck, and there's all these shows. I really didn't do research before I went on this cruise. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. The impression I, of. I had no idea what I was getting myself Unlike into. Unlike me, who
0: did way too much research, as per usual.
1: Yeah. So so, so
0: you you were surprised by the amount of, and variety of, of uh, stuff to do.
1: Yeah. And I was excited about it. I thought that was cool, that there was always something to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... I was also excited about that because I, uh, I mean, everybody knows I'm not a big fan of the song and dance on cruise ships, but, but I was excited that there was a big theater and I was excited that, that there was like the love and marriage show and I was excited by the trivia and I was excited by, you know, just all the things that were happening. One of my misconceptions of cruising was that I was going to be bored to death while we were on the ship, we had these sea days. At first, the first cruise I went on didn't have any sea days. okay, That was one of the ways that that I was gotten onto the cruise. And, uh, and it was a short cruise. So it was like, okay, we'll test it out and see what it's like. I thought I was gonna be bored. I thought, this is gonna be lame until I get to the Bahamas and I get to get in the water. Well, I was totally wrong because I find that I need more time on the ship because I want time to just relax. But also there's so much to do. It's almost like going to one of the old conventions I used to go to and it's like you had to choose. You know, all these things are going on at the same time and now I have to choose which one I'm going to do and I want to do all of them and I can't. So it's it's not that bad, but it can be close to that bad, which is a good problem to have. Yeah. But definitely when people are like, I was bored on a cruise, I'm like, "I, I don't know, you probably are bored in life because... There, there's so much variety, there's so much to do on a ship that I just, I don't understand how anybody could really be bored on a cruise ship.
1: And Harry Potter trivia.
0: <laughs> you think that'll last forever? I hope the, it does. Will the Harry Potter fandom fade into oblivion and that will no longer be a trivia thing. It'll be replaced by whatever...
1: The new popular um, well, I thing think, is. Will be Mandalorian
0: or something. I
1: think what's happening <laughs> right now is the people that grew up with Harry Potter are in their like upper twenties and thirties, and those are the people that have kids right now. So because they were so into Harry Potter, they're getting their kids into yep. Harry Potter. Yep. So right now it's kind of like t- twenty upper thirties 20, and children. Who are into Harry Potter right now. And there's some in-betweens and yeah. stuff. Honestly, there
0: there are definitely older people who are very much into Harry Potter. But yeah, I think you're right. It's kind of a resurgence. And when you have kids, I'm assuming, because I don't have any. But uh, when you have kids, then you, they get to that age that you were at when you saw the magic of Star Wars or whatever. And you want to share that with them. And so, anyway. That's a that's a whole tangent we just got off on there. So the entertainment was surprising and delightfully so. Um, I, I was not, I'm not a big fan of the type of song and dance on the cruise for me personally, but a lot of people are. So I, and I don't think that it's a matter of talent, like the article implied. I think the talent can be there or not be there depending on individuals and ships and stuff like that. But, um, normally the talent is there, certainly a lot more talent than I have in that realm. (laughs) Um, so I think that if you enjoy that sort of thing, it's good. And then I, I really enjoy other other entertainment like the the different funny shows and if there's a magician or, and stuff like that. All right, so moving on from that, let's see what what have we not covered.
1: So I've got I've got one real quick. Okay. I had no idea that there was a space for twenty one and over.
0: Oh yeah, the adults only. Yeah, right.
1: like that that surprised me. My my first cruise was on the Carnival Paradise, and it's um the the Serenity deck is like right on the other side of the buffet area. Mm-hmm. So we walked through the door and was like, oh, this is a nice area. And on our way back through, we saw on the door like 21 and over only. And I was like, oh, there's no children here.
0: The stripper poles weren't a giveaway?
1: Huh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> not the,
0: that kind of adult only area. The
1: The Serenity Deck on the Paradise is is quite small and not very extravagant, but... It was still cool. I had no idea that I could go somewhere with no children,
0: yeah, I don't think i I don't think I knew about that either. I was slightly concerned about children. I was more concerned about the um early twenty somethings that I thought would be on there and and even into the thirties like drinking and getting drunk and just being generally violent and obnoxious and that wasn't a thing that happened so yeah, all right, so let's see. All right, moving on. Let's see what else. What other aspects of the cruise were surprising in some way? Um, is there anything else about the cruise itself that that you can recall that that surprised you mm-hmm. in, in a positive or negative? Everything's been pretty positive so far. I don't. I don't. I can't think of anything we've talked about that's really been overly negative that we were surprised by on the cruise. Honestly, I don't know that I have anything. No. <laughs> I really don't. I mean. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that I do. I don't. I don't think there's anything that I went on the cruise with expectations that were, were not met. I I had things that were, blown away. Had things that were met. I don't think anything has been like, oh, that was kind of a bummer. I thought it would be like this, but maybe I didn't have very high expectations of what the cruise was going to be like. Like I fully went on the cruise expecting that I would do it once. And then I probably would never cruise again. Or maybe I'd cruise like once every 10 years. I had no idea I was going to be hooked like I was.
1: I didn't have a ton of expectations because I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. There you go. So I was just pleasantly surprised kind of about everything. And I was like, this is cool. Let's do
0: it again. I wonder when people do cruise and they are disappointed if they were built, expectations were built up. And then they were disappointed because of that. Although, I don't know. I think I'd still be okay. Like, I think even if my first cruise would have been on, like, a celebrity ship, and then I would have cruised on, a like, a fantasy-class uh, carnival ship, I don't think it would have been okay. Like, I, I think I would have been all right with that. Like, I wouldn't have been like, well, that sucked. I'd have been like, well, I paid less, and I got everything I wanted out of the cruise. So, I'm good. Uh, but I don't know. Sometimes I think... I'm always careful about how I talk about cruising to people who haven't cruised, not necessarily that they're listening to this podcast, but like in my regular life, if they're not asking me about cruising, I'm a little bit standoffish about it because I don't want to overbuild those expectations and then have them disappointed. Um, I never encourage people to cruise unless they come to me. Like, I will never just go up to somebody who's never cruised and be like, you need to cruise. You should cruise. You will love cruising. I don't do that because I know it's not for everybody. But um, if they're interested in it, I think they'll engage with me about it. And then I will tell them what I like about cruising. But I try and keep it, you know, kind of based in reality. But honestly, I don't have a lot of negative stuff about cruising.
1: No. Um, my, my friend Ashley, I went on her first cruise with her and I thought she was going to hate it, um, because it was the cruise that we did in January where it was kind of cold. Right. Um, she also gets motion sick. So we were kind of concerned about seasickness with her. Um, so it was pretty cold. We couldn't really do any pool stuff being just outside in general was kind of cold. The ports were cold. And I was like, she's gonna hate this. She's been on. Did she go on another cruise? I think she went on another cruise. Yeah, she went on. She went on a cruise later that year. And then she had one booked back in March, May, something that of course didn't happen. But so even even if like, the cruise is not kind of under the best conditions. It's still a good, good vacation, I think.
0: Yeah, and I and I wouldn't even necessarily like if I went on a cruise and it stormed the whole time. Obviously, I I would have some disappointment in that trip, but I could not blame that on cruising in any way. Like uh, that is the exception to the to the norm, and you could have that kind of experience on any kind of vacation. It's just that's just how it is. So I, I wouldn't hold that against cruising and i wouldn't say that cruising has more of that sort of disappointment than other vacations in fact i would say quite the opposite because it has the ability to move around and take you where you need to go to avoid things sometimes but uh but yeah i would i would say that would be the case so all right um i think that's it do anything else you that you can think of we didn't get into like excursions and stuff but i'll leave that for a different day
1: yeah, I think that's a completely different kind of topic.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, so basically, what the bottom line is that we were both we were both pleasantly surprised by cruising. Um, it met or exceeded our expectations, and uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm a little biased, but then if I'm a little biased, it's because I have these positive, you know, experiences with cruising. So it creates my bias to towards cruising. I agree. All right, well, let us know, do you guys have something that you were disappointed by or you were um, overwhelmed by, was that the right word, that you were excited by, that you were unexpectedly excited by with cruising? Let us know. Shoot us an email, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. And if you haven't cruised, or maybe even if you have, and you have some concerns, some worries about cruising, some anxiety about what is this going to be like, what is that going to be like? Also, shoot us an email, fantasticcruising at gmail dot com, and we will try and address those concerns right here on a future episode.
1: Or let us know what you're most excited about.
0: Yeah. Okay, so last year, about this time, we did an episode called "Why We Hate Cruising." Wait, what? We did, yeah, we did that's, that episode.
1: Yeah, that's what the that's what episode.
0: It's called. What, what, I don't know what number it is. Don't go. It was December last year. Yeah. Anyway, we did the ochre sea star or starfish. And so this year, I was looking through the cruise creatures and I'm like, what haven't we done in a while? And you actually came up, I was looking for a crab. You came up with, hey, what about another starfish? So I said, you know, the starfish that I actually see in the Caribbean is the cushion star. So let's talk about. Oreaster reticulatus that's,
1: Oreaster reticulatus Yes,
0: not to be confused with Oreo Aster reticulatus Which is the reticulated Oreo cookie No, that's not true but,
1: Oh, Oreos sound good
0: But um, I want to talk about this this Cushion star because They are the one you're likely to see in the Caribbean And uh, I've seen them quite a few times in the Caribbean and so I, if you want the full, whole breakdown on starfish, go back to that other episode. I spent a lot of time talking about starfish and I covered all the stuff I usually cover generically about starfish. And there's a lot of fun and interesting information in there. So, so go check that out. But I'm going to just focus on this particular species for this episode. So here we go. The Cushion Starfish. Have you ever seen one of these? No. Okay. So they are usually, if you see the adults, they're usually orange. Now, the descriptions that I read say that they could be kind of red or or yellow or brown. But everyone I've ever seen has been orange, maybe reddish orange, mostly orange. And when they're juveniles, they're green, but they're in a different habitat. When they're juveniles, they, they are in the grass beds where they blend in. You could find the bigger ones in the grass beds too, but normally I see them on just kind of generic sandy areas. Not my mom. They're not on my mom, but just regular bo- sandy <laughs> bottoms. They're not on my mom's bottom. But what they're looking for is they're looking for food. So these guys are actually omnivores. And they what they'll do is they'll gather a bunch of just sediment from the bottom and they will... They, just like the other starfish, they, they stick their stomach out, sort of invert it out of their bodies, and they digest the good stuff out of the sediment. Now, they really are looking for, like, sponges. They might eat some other invertebrates, but apparently they love sponges. Some of you may think sponges suck, but they don't. You see what I did there? I think
1: sponges clean.
0: I mean, but by sucking up the water, right? And then they, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, these guys are pretty cool Now, one of the things that I always say about starfish That is, I guess, wrong Is that starfish have to have at least five arms But apparently, occasionally The cushion star is born with four arms And look, look, Kimber, here's a picture of one with four arms
1: Oh, that looks weird Right? It's not a star
0: I'd say it looks odd, but really it looks even yeah, it's it's very strange looking. Now, I'm pretty sure this is just a genetic anomaly. I think they need to add
1: another one.
0: Sometimes, okay, monk. Sometimes they're born with six arms too, but uh, that's. But I was you know. saying
1: because it looks like a plus sign.
0: Oh, I get it. Okay, or if you turn it over, you can just multiply on its side. And it, <laughs> X marks the starfish. Anyway, uh, there's a good chance you're going to see these guys, and uh, a lot of times if you're on a, a tour, like a snorkel tour, the guides may, this is one of the animals the guides may find and bring up. These guys and queen conchs are another one that I see them bringing up a lot to, for people to take a little gander at. Now, they range all the way from North Carolina down to a good portion of the east coast of South America. But they're really abundant in the warmer water. And what they do is they will migrate. So sometimes people at the aquarium are surprised when I tell them that, that starfish can move. But they can. They can move. They're not the fastest animal. They're not the cheetahs of the sea. But they can move. Uh, I've, I've watched one move about a foot in 30 minutes. So, it, you know, they They move. And what they'll do is they'll migrate to, to different types of, of water at Different times of year they, they don't like a lot of uh, current action and stuff So they'll kind of migrate away from that Maybe to a different food source Or to breed Now they're, they do come in both male and female Not all animals do, but they do And so when it's mating season Sometimes they will gather in huge, huge groups of, of starfish Because the way that starfish reproduce it's not very fun, but basically, they put the the eggs and the sperm go in the water, and then they meet each other in the water column and they become little starfish larvae. Um, so that's how they that's how they reproduce. and then they they go around as zooplankton for a while until they get big enough that they usually end up in a seagrass bed as little green starfish. That's what they do. that's that's their their lifespan. Of this cushion star So if you are in the Caribbean And you see a big orange red star It is probably one of these cushion stars One of the things that stands out to them uh, For me about them Is that um, How would I describe this Their, Their arms are very thick So they look more like A traditional star shape Typically when they have the five arms You know if you do like a little if you see like a little star like a like a graphic of a star, that's pretty much what they look like. They are the perfect starfish, where others you know may have longer, skinnier arms, not these guys they look legit like a star cool, and that's it. That's our cruise creature for this week
1: and I think it's appropriate for December.
0: Because it's a star month? Because it's a star. It is Astronomy is better viewing in the winter, usually.
1: Well, I was thinking like like you put a star on top of your Christmas tree. Oh,
0: yeah. There you go. You could, you could say that.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Very cool. Cool. Anything else that you want to cover? I don't think so. I think that's going to wrap it up.
1: Well, in that case, let's head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day.
0: Have a fantastic week, everybody. Well, thank you for hanging out after the uh, the music, after the music has ended, and uh, to our little secret special spot that most people know about if they listen to this our podcast. Our secret special spot. <laughs> welcome to meeting us at our special secret spot. That's creepy, <laughs> but welcome. What are we going to talk about today, Kimbra? What's our, what's our thing? What's I our think, shtick for the day?
1: I think we're going to talk about what has been encompassing our life for the last week
0: which is food 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 Food, glorious food please sir may i have another another what is it how does it go no boy ever oh no please sir may i have some more that's what it is no boy ever asked for more you never seen oliver no i haven't anyway um yeah we're on this diet
1: my mom calls it a program.
0: Yes, she does call it a program. We're it's, on a program. We're on the program. And <laughs> and we're doing pretty good on the program. I mean, we ate salad most of the week. We had Taco Bell, but that we ate, but the healthy Taco Bell. You can eat, Taco Bell is one of those restaurants you can eat healthy. We also did healthy Chick-fil-A.
1: We did. We got the grilled chicken and the fruit.
0: Yes. that's Which
1: was upsetting
0: <laughs>
1: because it's not the regular chicken and the fries. It's not as good. But it wasn't. It's convenient bad.
0: and it's really healthy. So really healthy. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we haven't even been doing this a week yet. Did we even talk about the diet? No, we haven't talked. No, about No, we, the diet we
1: posted on Facebook. We
0: did post it on Facebook. So we haven't even been dieting in a week, dieting a week yet, and uh, we got a lot of feedback on our diet on how people have had success dieting and you know not paying attention to the numbers of the scale and paying attention to clothes fitting and. So on and so forth. So um, I have apparently lost some weight, but that happens to me the first week of every diet and it's way more dramatic than what it probably really is. So Um,
1: I haven't gotten on the scale today, so I don't know. hmm. Well, that's a lie. I got on the scale this morning, but we're weighing ourselves at the end of the day. So I haven't gotten on the scale again today.
0: Yeah, because I'm heavier at the end of the day. So one of the worst things is when you weigh yourself in the morning and then you're like, well, let's just check at night. And then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> so I just decided I would look at the worst possible information and that way it's less disappointing. And, and then and sometimes it's like in the morning I'll weigh myself and I'll be like, oh, but I know that the reality is that when I weigh myself in the evening, I'm going to be like three or four pounds heavier. So, yeah, I'm hungry. Let's go eat dinner
1: What are we having for dinner?
0: Salad, I think Woohoo!